The first brave thing I urge everyone to do is start practicing gratitude. Now that sounds crazy um, that it's brave, but it is brave because it's honest. Hi everyone, I'm Heather Vickery and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and you've entered the place where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove once again, I mean, how many times must I prove this to you people? Honestly, there is still good out there and lots of it. Well, at least 40-ish minutes of it based on the length of today's episode, but still. So today, um, I am making a request. Can you please go right now where you are listening and subscribe to this good little show? It is one click. I know, I know, you've had a day, you've had a life, oh poor you, you have one click still in you, and I want it, we want it. You know what else you have in you? The ability to give us a rating and a review, oh my god, I'm asking so much, I know, you can do it. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us, because when you do, you help more people join our cult. I mean podcast family. I've done that joke before. I know. Put it in your review. Be like, he's done the same jokes again. I can't stand it. So I've already heard this. To all of you who have already done so, and those of you who are still allowing me to babble away like this, we say, as always, drop dead. Just kidding. We say thank you. Okay, so here's the question of the day. Are you brave? That's it. That's your question. What is your answer? I think I'm pretty brave. I think I've become less brave. I'm willing to admit this as I've gotten older, but overall, I'm pretty brave. I am all about taking chances and making changes. Some people in my life say too many of those things. (laughs) But how about you? How are you with taking chances? How are you with making change and changes? And how are you with being grateful and expressing and embracing it? Now, if you filled in all the bubbles completely, please pass your Scantron cards forward to the head of the class, and I will put them through the machine. Then we will have a much more accurate and uh, a good assessment of just how brave you really are. Do you guys remember Scantrons? Okay, that's a whole other topic. My guest today is Heather Vickery, and through her company, Vickery & Co., she has created the Brave Method. She helps people turn their epic dreams into everyday reality because she believes we need to stop settling and start leveling up. It's time to get brave and roar. Let me hear you roar. Heather Vickery, we're going to start with a question that I believe you've never been asked. Oh, okay. Bring it on, Steve. I'm willing to bet you've never been asked this question. Pro or con? Heather. The movie Heathers. Go. (laughs) Uh, I have been asked that question because my daughters are obsessed with it. Ah! And um, I think I'm in the middle. Listen, I'm a... I'm an 80s, 90s child, so it it was cultural. Sure. So I think I'm mostly pro, but also that was very fucked up. <laughs> it was very fucked up. Now they've made it into a musical. I know. I watched it. 
And so that's what my daughters, are, that's what they're obsessed with. So the, the movie was an afterthought for them. Ah. But they love the musical. But they were brave girls. Yes. Brave, psychotic girls. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And that, that sort of leads us into our conversation together. You are, I don't want to say obsessed with the word brave. Yeah. Yeah. I am. The first step is admitting it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I should say, what I'm obsessed with is redefining what bravery means to every person, minute by minute, day by day. That's what I'm obsessed with. Where'd that start? Yeah, great question. So about a decade ago, I was obsessed with fear. (laughs) I had on paper the perfect American life. I was married. We made great money. I had four perfect. Well, so prior to the, I now have four perfect children and that came in that, but at the time about 10 years ago, I only had three and, uh, I hated, I hated myself. I hated my life. Um, loved my kids, but every decision I made was fear-based and it stayed like that for a couple of years Enter the fourth beautiful desired, wanted, adored child. Uh, and then one morning, I guess this was about nine years ago. I, realized that by living a fear-based life, I was showing my girls that that's what they should choose. So to give you a tiny bit of a background, um, I had realized years before that, that I was married to the wrong gender. And that's a big thing to recognize. At the time, I owned an event and wedding planning business. So to be a wedding planner in the closet, planning people's weddings and wishing you weren't married to your spouse, that's a bit tough right? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And I had this perfect life. Like everyone just, they would walk into my head. We had the loveliest house on the block and you know all of these things. And I hated myself and I hated my life. And then finally, I looked at my daughters over the breakfast table and I thought, what would I tell them if they came to me in this situation or something like this? What is the advice that I would give them? And of course, it wasn't you made your bed, now sleep in it or suck it up. It wasn't any of those things. It was baby girl, the world has been waiting for you to show up. It is time to show up. You get to play big, you get to be you, and everyone's going to be fine. And then I realized that if I wanted that for them, I had to do it myself. I had to show them how. So I burned my whole life to the ground. I closed my business. I started my coaching business. I moved out. I got a divorce. I got into a new partnership and never looked back. And it didn't mean I wasn't scared. It just meant I was honest and I was brave because bravery shows up in a lot of different forms for us every single day. Some days getting out of bed is brave. Some days choosing to go for a walk is brave or say no or say yes or have a piece of chocolate or pick an apple or whatever it is for you. You're probably going to have, you know, 10 or 15 different opportunities to make a brave or not brave decision throughout your day. And when we redefine what it means to be brave, we find that we embrace bravery more often. Then you're going to take more risks. You're going to have more payoffs and bigger rewards. And it's super fucking contagious. Did you really hate yourself, though? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I felt pretty small. Was it more? Well, you said fear-based, right? So there was fear. Yeah. Were yeah. you disappointed in yourself? Were you confused in yourself? Let's let's really get it. Lay down, lay down on the couch. <laughs> I did not know this eyes. was a coaching therapy <laughs> session. Thank you. No, very, because very much. listen, so many people listening, <laughs> so many people listening resonate with what you're t- saying right now, and it it may not be as uh, deep 
or a relationship-based, career-based, family-based, but everyone has that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely they do. I What I had done, and it took me years, so to be fair, I didn't know in the moment that I had all of these negative feelings. I just knew I felt really bad all the time. I, I never felt good. There was never anything good. And um, I'm not a clinically depressed person. I know people who are. Uh, I was suggested by somebody close to me, like, you need to get on meds. And my therapist was like, no, you don't. You're situationally depressed. This is a depressing situation. You're not a depressed person. And I'm not saying that it's bad if you are. I just wasn't, right? I'm just not. Right, right. It was years. I mean, this is so I now have a method that's called the Brave Method, which helps people problem solve, build, dream, design, enact a a life and a business that they're madly fucking in love with. And as I was building that, it was a lot of reflection on my part. Well, what was I going through? What did that feel like? And I didn't like myself and um, everything felt hard. I sort of felt weighted down. And it was multiple things. It was, of course, being in the closet. The way, the best way I can describe coming out, and I did it, (laughs) I started doing it really slowly. I would take like one person out to lunch or dinner and I would tell them, and I can remember how it feels so, you know, how when you're about to do something terrifying, like I would, my chest would cave in and my neck would get hot and the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up and I would take a big deep breath and I would say it. And inevitably, because I'm like the luckiest person on the planet, everyone said, oh, all right, cool. One of my friends said, God, I thought you were going to tell me you were moving. That's it? <laughs> so she said, <laughs> I was like, I love you for that. Um, because she didn't want to help you move. Right. That was the she main didn't, reason. No, yeah. she loved me. She didn't want me to move away, Steve. Oh, I'm sorry. Got you. Sorry. Yeah. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, everyone was really great. Uh, there were some hiccups with my family. That's all worked itself out. And then one day I got to a point where I was able to naturally come out, which is, you know, for folks who aren't LGBTQ, it never stops. We do it multiple times a day, every day. We don't have a choice, but it didn't feel terrifying, right? So there was that. There was um, parenting authentically. There was hurting people that I loved and cared about, including my then spouse. Getting a divorce is so hard. It's not, we don't get married to get divorced. Even if it's the right thing, it doesn't make it easy. It's certainly not fun. It's very painful. All these years later, it's still painful for so many reasons, right? It's learning to live with, you know, is it, am I going to traumatize my children? You know, all of these things, right? So multiple layers of things. And, and it's led me to recognizing, and I love to help people come clear on this. Um, we have mixed emotions. We can be afraid and excited at the same time. We can do things that feel great and be afraid of them at the same time. We can be brave and scared at the same time. It's all okay. It's interesting because I was in a terrible relationship and I I started to realize I was in a terrible relationship roughly, I'd say, three months into the relationship. And like many of us, I spent the next three and a half years building that relationship because I was going to fix it. Uh, yeah. I was going to make it. You're I was going to make it work. Uh-huh. I'm a fixer, everybody. But look, we've all, I think many of us have been there. When For the sure. relationship was done, I fell even deeper, depression situational, just like you're talking about. Uh, Mine became seasonal, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fall and spring. Those were the hard times. Not anymore, thank God. Um, But I had gained all this weight. 
And hilariously, I was uh, doing marketing for a show called The Biggest Loser. And I've told this story on here before. <laughs> My ex-husband and I used to watch The Biggest Loser while eating all the junk food we could get our hands on. That was... <laughs> Everyone does. So I was editing promos for it. And I'm like leaning forward because I had this... They gave me this really tiny monitor, right? These two big monitors and a tiny one. So I'm trying to look at this monitor. And I'm I'm like leaning. I'm like, what's wrong with this desk? And then I looked down. I'm like, uh, it's not the desk, dude. It's you. It's the Ouch. eight eight-month-old baby that's in your stomach at the moment. Uh, and I realize I have to, you know, get, you know, the physical side going as well as the mental side. So I tell you all this because I wound up going to this place called Barry's Boot Camp. I've spoken about it before. It's now, I believe, just called Barry's. Barry himself, there were only two locations, taught morning classes. I'm in a class with Barry. Um, I'm running on a treadmill. It's my second or third day doing this thing. I have no stamina. <laughs> No cardio ability, and I am I'm failing. But are you? I didn't know at the time, right? But I'm watching all these great people around me, and everybody's in great shape. But I'm the one who's falling behind, and I shouldn't be here, and I don't deserve it, and all those things. And he comes up, and he stands on the treadmill, and we're all running on the treadmills, and he is giving everybody the orders, and he's do the push-ups, do this, do that, and he pushes the microphone down, and he leans into my ear, and he just whispers. Stop thinking, just move. There you go. Yeah, that has stayed with me my whole life. So, on that note, don't worry. I'm going to edit that. It was very long. I'm going <laughs> to clean that up. <laughs> but on that note, on that note, to you, yes, this is what I want to ask. When was your move moment? Yeah, your physical. Let's get let's get going. Right. So, first of all, I love that. Also, um. I like to lean into my moments of not thinking, just doing with intention. So we can circle back around to that later because I do think it's really important. But it was that moment at breakfast with my girls. That was my go moment. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to do this, but I know it needs to get done. So I'm going to decide right now in this moment to lean into that. Did someone say something? Did, they, did you have a spark? I asked this so many times of my, my guests. The spark was... What would I do if my kids were in this situation? How would I help them? And then the why of I want them to know that they can do anything they most desire doing and that they can be their most authentic self. And I believe that in order for them to know that they could do it, they had to see me do it. That was my moment. That's my why. And and sometimes it sucks still because they don't want to hear what I have to say, but I know they're watching and I know they're paying attention. Um, and that started, you know, so much work and I still spend so much time on surrender, which I think is something related to what you were telling about your boot camp story. First of all, from where I stand, you were the bravest person in the room because you didn't know how to do it. You didn't have the stamina Everybody else, they they were way ahead of you, and you still fucking showed up. That's and, what. And I can it's about. I can look at that now. I can look at that now, right? But when you're in it, sure. And this is something every listener is, knows, right? When you're in it, you're like, it's too much. I'm drowning. I don't know. I, I'm I shouldn't be here. I don't have the right outfit on. I'm not. I'm not breathing. <laughs> I'm not drinking. Everyone's looking at me. You know yeah. what I mean? Look all the shit you yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's where for me that part of the brave method is an acronym, and the R stands for the three R's, reassessment, reframing, resilience, that's where that comes into play. So I'll share a really cool story for you. You, you shared your Barry story. I'll share my Oprah story. 
Um, I really believe in the power of intention and I, and I have for a very long time. We may not know how we're going to get where we want to go, but deciding we want to and why, putting that intention behind it is the most incredible and most important first step. So I, I believe in that. I have for a long time. In 2019, I had the absolute honor and privilege of attending a conference where the two main keynote speakers were Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey. That was a cool room to be in. And Oprah was there to talk about breakthroughs. And she tells the story of starting her talk show. And early, early on, like right in the very beginning, she had the KKK on. Now in her brain, in her mind, she was going to show them for what they were worth. She was going to put it all out there and, and just decimate them. Except that very quickly into the interview, she realized they were doing that to her. And she was like, I don't know how to get out of this. And, and she went to her producers after it was over and said, I will never, ever do a show again where I don't know why my guest wants to be on the show, where I don't understand their intention and their behavior. And at that moment, I switched to making sure I knew why, what was my intention behind everything. So from where she, what she eats, where she sleeps, where she travels, who she interviews, everything. She said, everything I do, I do with intention. You may choose to think that I'm intentional because I'm Oprah, but I'm here to tell you I'm Oprah because I chose to be intentional. There's our mic drop moment, right? Like she's Oprah because she chose to be intentional. You can be anyone you want, but you've got to be intentional about it. And you showed up. You showed up at boot camp. That's intention. It's so simple. And I, I've talked about it on the show before. I talk about it with friends. I talk about it with certain family members who are listening right now going, oh God, he says this all the time. <laughs> you can get up any morning. You can do it right now. Anything you're thinking negative, you can turn it positive. You have that ability. Yep. And simply you can turn a negative thought positive by not thinking it anymore. <laughs> well, but you know what? That simplifies something that I think is really hard for people. Um, we don't just all of a sudden not think about something or not feel something. To me, the power of that work is, and I don't know if you're familiar with Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion, but it it's really game-changing, is you are going to think the things you think, you're going to feel the way you feel, and the sooner you acknowledge those feelings and emotions without judgment, the faster you can move through them and do something different. But the difference is, if I may, what you just said, think and feel. Yeah. Those are two very different things. Well, they are different, but what we feel dictates what we think. And when we can be honest about what we feel, we can shift what we think. Exactly. Yeah. And, and also, I, like I always say, I, uh, example right now, I'm, my play is going to go up in March. I haven't put a play up. Thank you. I haven't put a new show up in going on, my God, 20 years, 18, 19 You sound years. like you're only 18, 19 right now. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, and uh, I can honestly tell you, I have so many phone calls out to so many people who are just not responding. And I'm absolutely fine with yeah, that. Yeah, you have to be. Old old me would lose his fucking mind. Yeah. Why are you responding? Yeah. I got to get, I have a deadline. Why are you answering me? This is a great thing. New me is like, um, okay, well, a no response means you're not is a no. You're not interested. Yeah. 
The right people will find you. That's right. Or you're waiting. You're making me wait because you're waiting on something, mm-hmm. which is totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have the utmost respect for the people who respond to me and say, can I let you know in two weeks? Sure. Can we table this a little bit, blah, blah, blah. I have that thing going on right now, and this is a lot of things in life, right? This is not happening until March. March to many people, thanks to the pandemic, <laughs> seems like 100 years from now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I just launched, so I, I sent an email to my newsletter subscribers just this morning telling them a story about my choice to cut my income in half this year. I had a program that was thriving with clients that I loved and adore, still love and adore, but it had grown in a way that no longer felt aligned with me and it didn't feel good to show up to work. Well, I am a coach. I have to feel good when I show up to work in order to do the best job for my clients. So I let it phase out. I've completed working with everyone, of course, and and I had a renewed energy for doing so once I decided I didn't have to keep selling it and keep keep promoting it. And I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't, there wasn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I felt very uncreative. I just knew that wasn't it anymore. And I really re-entered a space of total and complete surrender. uh, That all timing is divine. What's meant for me will find me. And as the weeks turned into months, I had to really fight to stay surrendered and stay in an abundance mindset. Because I do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we believe to be true is what is true for us. Um, That mind matters and mindset matters and words matter and all of that. And then a couple months ago, what I, what was here for me showed up. It just, it just showed up literally like a cartoon with a light bulb. I got down a pen and paper. I wrote it all out. I had the whole thing figured out totally different than anything I've done before, but based on what I'd learned from all of my past program experiences and I'm, I'm doing it totally differently. I now am saying, hey, something exciting is coming. I'm putting finishing touches out. Check it out. And I'm not fucking with people. Like I'm not playing a game. I want them to know I'm excited and I'm going to open a wait list on it because I want the people who are so into what I do and the work that I do and they just want to be in the room and want to know what's coming. I want those people in this program. I'm not just taking anybody's money. And the program doesn't start until January. So that's where we get the similarity, right? I want you to come in. I want you to get excited. I'm going to tell you all the good details. I want you to sign up. And then we're going to wait. (laughs) But you can do a much better job. I say this kindly because I can too, with a smaller base of people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Than a a giant mass. Like I I can't, (laughs) I can't. Right for a thousand people, a million people, but I can do damn good with 25 of you. Yeah, for sure. Um, And this is intimate work, right? Like this is still live coaching. This is still hands-on. It's hard work for people, what I do. It's not for the weak of heart. This shit is hard. We're being really honest with ourselves. We're breaking things down. We're we're figuring out we're dreaming big. How do we make this work? We're getting past our limiting voices. Like it's hard, hard, hard work. And so you want to feel safe and you want to feel secure. And I don't want to start that going into the holidays because people won't be able to put all their intention in. So they'll have access to me. We'll be doing some warm up things prior to the program starting in January. But it's more take this leap of faith with me and trust me. I've got you. We're going to do amazing fucking things together. Um, And if they're not into that, then they don't need to sign up for it. 
Well, they have to be brave. And speaking of which, let's go over this now. <laughs> you have two podcasts, The Brave Files and Was It Chance. Is that correct? That is correct. You have a live weekly show on YouTube called Brave in Action. You have a newsletter. I want to say newsletter, email list, email letter. What do you? I don't do like a big blog thing that doesn't feel honest or aligned for me. I think some people do it really well. Um, the newsletter that goes out tells people what's coming in the live show and and why they would want to listen to the podcast episodes. And then if I have like a thing, I put it in there, right? Like if I'm like, this is what I'm thinking about today. And I wanted to share it with you guys. I put it in there. So sometimes you get little tidbits. What I do do, what I do do, do do. What I do send out every week though, that I think is really powerful is I send out, I do weekly brave affirmations. So um, when you subscribe to my email list, every Thursday, you get a brave affirmation for the week and a little coaching behind it and ways that you can embody it. And I love it. And it's been so fun. I get responses every week. People say, oh my God, this is, yes, this is what I needed today. This is, this is how I'm using this. And that's really exciting. What's your favorite thing to do out of all those things? Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, there, there's the dog. Can you there's hear There's the dogs. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I feel very fortunate that I have been able to build my life and my business in a way that I very rarely do things that I don't like doing. <laughs> and I recognize there's a lot of privilege in that. But um, I do it in in capsules when it feels like it's the right thing for me to do. I love the live shows when people are there because if you show up to my live show, Steve, I know you're there. I'm going to talk directly to you. I'm going to say, oh, when we did our interview, Steve, we talked about this. Do you remember that? Right. Right. And I get really excited. So I love keynote speaking. I love being on stage and actually connecting with people. That's what I love about coaching. Podcasting is different for me um, because it doesn't, it's not revenue producing. It's passion. It's passion project. And I, I love it. So it's congruent to my work, The Brave Files. I interview people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. But I'm not promoting my stuff. I'm not selling my stuff. I'm just telling the stories of people who are out there doing the fucking thing and showing up. Was it chance is my newest little baby. And I co-produce and co-host that with my friend, Alan Seals, who is the co-founder of the Broadway podcast network. And we interview highly creative, highly successful people about their, the risks that they've taken, the chance that they've taken that led them down their creative path. And we just have fun. Like those moments when I get to interview with Alan, I laugh more in those two hours a week than I do all week long. And it's, we, we giggle because when we listen back to the episodes, they're just, I just laugh. I just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And I mean, who doesn't want that in their life? I have been catching up on your, uh, uh, Brave Files podcast. Oh, thanks. And um, over the summer, you did something interesting. Uh, <laughs> you kind of uh, repurpose, repeat. Back in the day, kids, we called them repeats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but you chose, you selected some of your favorite shows or the most listened to shows or shows that Both. you wanted to get, yeah, more love to? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All of those things. Yeah. So, um, I've already said earlier that the beginning of this year I sort of entered into a pullback and surrender phase. I sort of, I knew that I needed a lot of space for myself, um, a lot of self-care. There's some personal stuff going on that needed 
my attention more than just about anything else. And then as we got into summer, I really, you know, my oldest is about to turn 18. My youngest had just turned nine. I want to be present. I want to spend time with them. And I just decided I needed a little podcast break, uh, which is a really scary thing to do as a podcaster. And after being live for, you know, every single week for four and a half years, it was a really big risk. Sure. Um, and so I chose, I think I did nine week, a nine week break, um, episodes, again, top played episodes, ones that meant the most to my heart and episodes that I felt like really deserved to be heard again. I mean, my catalog is huge. There's 240 episodes, right? So even if somebody, you said you're catching up, like you're probably not catching up 240 episodes. No, no, no. You know, right? (laughs) So Exactly. Right. So you can always go back and look and pick what you want, but I wanted to bring some of those things back to the forefront. And, um, and now I'm rebuilding momentum on it. So my subscribers stayed, but the non-subscriber listenership went down. Why? I don't really know because I release them as fresh episodes, but it did. I was honest, like our summer replay list, you're doing all of that. Um, and so now we're sort of rebuilding it and that's just really okay. It has to be okay. I have great content coming out right now. I mean, really fucking badass content, incredible interviews. So exciting. That's great. It's interesting, though, because I I do it every now and then. I'll take a break. I'll just take a break when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I'll take a break when I have other projects going on. And I laugh always because this uh, past week, uh, I had two of the highest downloaded days I've ever had. And I haven't put out new content in three weeks at that point. Anyone listening right now, you'll have no understanding of this because (laughs) we record in advance. None of the math works out. This is podcast math. Like I literally <laughs> want to do like a show called Podcast Math, Podcast which is just a Science. bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> but I do have a question for you because this is a question I get a lot. Um, do you feel that you can be your more authentic self when you and I right now? I can't see you. I choose mm. to just re- record audio. You and I were talking about this before we started recording. Many other podcasters like to record video with it. I find that my guests um, are more comfortable. Um, and they're not there. I say this kindly, you know, celebrity version, their Instagram version of themselves. <laughs> Are you yeah. more authentic when you're when you're podcasting? So that's a really great question. And that is 100% the line I told people when I did audio only podcast recording. And I believed it. I believe it. I understand. Um, some t- when I'm doing one on one coaching calls, one hour coaching calls, we don't do them via Zoom for the same reason. Uh, because it allows people to not feel physically judged, to not worry um, about how they physically show up in the space or if their lighting is good or if, you know, I'm going to judge their couch or their pillows or, you know, whatever, right? However, for me personally, you ask me that question. I have done enough work because <laughs> I practice what I preach. I, I have a coach. I believe in, in uh, I wouldn't sell something I didn't believe in. Um, I'm going to show up however I'm feeling that day, no matter what. And a great example is I was a guest on a Your First Million Dollar Year Summit earlier in the week. Um, It's a great summit. Lots of cool people on it. I was a guest expert on it. And I had a fucking hoodie on. And my hair was up. Because that was what I was doing that day. 
That's how I felt. That was the energy I had. I could be, I could be there. I could give the content. I would but love, I, just, I would love if you had said, Oh my God, I'm in April 2020. Are you the future? Are you <laughs> like if you played like you were like in the past yeah. and somehow you broke yeah. into a future? Okay, go ahead. I'm going yeah. to yeah, my no, mind exactly. <laughs> um, so I but I but I do that because it's authentic to me and I the people that are gonna be attracted to me appreciate that some days I want to get up and put on a cute outfit and do my makeup and hair and I'm gonna bring you my, you know, celebrity Instagramness. And some days that you're not getting that, but you're always getting me and whatever feels authentic to me. I also am famous. I mean, famous is a stretch of a word. I've decided I'm famous for going on TikTok in my robe in the morning. There are so many TikToks of me literally in my hot pink robe with my coffee and my morning hair. Like this is what I'm thinking right now, folks. So it doesn't, I've just decided that I'm going to always be me. So it doesn't matter to me. If you could simplify to anyone who's listening, two or three, as many as you want, easy, easy things to do right now, just to be brave, what would they be? The first brave thing I urge everyone to do is start practicing gratitude. Now that sounds crazy um, that it's brave, but it is brave because it's honest. Practicing gratitude, so I'm certified in positive psychology, and practicing gratitude is is one of the few things that's been scientifically proven to increase stress, sorry, to decrease stress, anxiety, and depression while increasing overall joy, happiness, and well-being. What you can't do is just keep it in your head. You got to get it out. I've written two gratitude journals. Use one of those. Use a notebook. Put it on your phone. Say it out loud. I don't care how you do it. Three to five things you're grateful for and why. The reason that it shifts us is because it's, it's way back to the conversation we had when we first started this interview which is it shifts the way you think, it shifts the way you feel. It reminds you that it's not so bad, that there's hope, that things can change, that you're not alone in the world. And it's fucking brave to be that honest with yourself. So start a gratitude practice. It will change your life. You don't even have to believe me for it to work. You just have to do it. But you have to do it consistently. (laughs) So try it for like a week at the same time of day, every day for a week and see what happens. I guarantee you it'll shift you. The other brave thing um, is being kind to yourself. So start being really aware of how you talk to yourself. Keep a list and you'll interrupt that pattern behavior very quickly just by being aware. Um, and that's brave because it's hard to do. We don't, we don't really want to know how mean we are to ourselves or how much we don't trust ourselves. But as soon as you know, you're going to change. You're going to start changing right away because it does not feel good. I'll give you those two. And my last question before we wrap up with my final three questions that I show in every So your show last with. question, which is really the fourth question. It's the fourth question. I've done that before. I'm like, I've said that before. I'm like, hold on. It's that podcast math we talked about. I'm at the big whiteboard, everybody. Uh, what would you go back in time to you sitting at that table with your daughters? What would you, what would you now tell that woman then? She's not broken. She's just in the process and life is complicated and we haven't made mistakes. We haven't made mistakes, Heather. We've been doing the best we can with the information we've got and now we have new information and you can make a different choice. 
We end these shows with three questions. Don't worry, I always say this. You know all the answers. Easiest one first. Here it comes. You've already kind of done it. Don't worry, but we're going to go over it. <laughs> Who are you? Where do we find you? Plug away. Ooh, plug, plug, plug. So my daughters think I'm a celebrity because if you Google Heather Vickery, my website and my pictures pop up. We all know that's really good SEO, but don't tell them because I want them to think I'm cool. <laughs> uh, my website is vickeryandco.com. I am fairly active on Instagram and Twitter, which is how Steve and I met uh, at Vickery and Co. And I fucking love TikTok. I don't drop a lot of professional content, but I have a great time there and I do post and I met Brave Heather on TikTok. Come see my live show. You can find it on YouTube and Instagram. You can, the link to all this shit, when we simplify it, is vickeryandco.com slash social. It shows you where you can get to me in all the ways. But the live show is fun. It's 15 to 20 minutes of uh, some cool way that you can step into bravery every day. And I respond to everybody who shows up. And I'm just, I'm just a real person on the other end. And I'd love to be your friend. The second to last question that we love to ask our guests is very simple. Who inspires you? Oh, man, a lot of people inspire me. Um, My mom inspires me. She also drives me crazy. But nobody has ever supported me more than her. And she's sacrificed everything in order for me to have anything. Uh, And she's so resilient. And it's very inspiring. You know, uh, Oprah inspires me. That won't surprise anybody. And I would say my partner, who's a very different person than me, but she makes, when we first met, she said, I make, I make dreams happen. That's what I do. And she does hers and mine and all of her clients. And it's just really cool. And you inspire me, Steve. My partner would, you do. my partner would inspire you too. I bet, I bet so. We, I'll our bet your partner, partner should would. not meet. It'd be too much inspiration. <laughs> No, you inspire me because I love, I love going out and bringing good to the world. Um, we don't do enough of that, so I, I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. It's so simple, and it's like what you do. It's it's a simple, simple little things can make change. Absolutely. In fact, they're the only things that do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We close these shows with the final question. It's not a question. It can go back to anything you want to say that you have said or want to say. Tell me something good. Okay. Something good is that on Sunday, October 9th, Santa is coming early to my house, dropping off a really big box, playing some Christmas music, and surprising my children with Harry Styles tickets for that night. (laughs) What? It's really good. Because those tickets are hard to get, and I busted my ass to get them. They're so excited. They're going to be so excited. They're going to totally lose their damn minds. It's good. That's very good. It's very good, right? (laughs) I love live entertainment, all of it. I love live theater. I love live music. Um, And I love watching my kids have live experiences. So uh, we're going to have a good time. Thank you, Heather, for sharing your good. Visit vickeryandco.com to learn much, much more. Next time on World Gone Good. 
we know each other because I was running a rescue called Connect Pet Rescue and Allison through a mutual friend came to volunteer for us. And she was such a hard worker and you could tell she was had the passion for it. So really, I, I just sucked her in, whether she knew it or not. I was like, she's not leaving. She's going to be a part of this. And look, I'm so successful. We're 20, 22 years later, I think, at this point, and it's still it's still working. I can't get away from her. we are taking my two favorite things dogs and alcohol and mixing them together not literally everyone calm down i'm not getting a bunch of dogs drunk here julia pennington and allison lang met rescuing animals and then in the craziest plot twist ever they opened a business selling vodka where every single sale goes to help an animal in need they are the combined good force behind the award-winning hera the dog vodka I'm going to say that again because it is quite possibly the best name of a company I've ever heard. Hera the dog. Hera the dog. H-E-R-A the dog. Vodka. They're coming on in to share their good adventures with us. And I cannot wait for you to hear this one. Until then, be good. <laughs>